on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, nah, my, my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey, how the hell are you? Welcome into the Bucketeers podcast. Oh, we are amped up, we're fired up, we're ready to roll here on a terrific Tuesday, a Tampa Tuesday, whatever the hell you want to call it, but we're a couple weeks deep into the offseason now for a buck squad at least, but the news is not slowing down, and we are here to break down all the great latest news surrounding your Bucketeers, including Liam Cohen making his introduction in the Bay today. He was at One Buck Place for an interview. He was on Tampa Sports Radio with J&Z lunchtime for an interview. So he really got his foot wet in the Tampa media market today. That's their new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen. So we're going to go into that, his introductory to the Bay, and unfold all that for you guys. And then we're going to go over our special teams coordinator search which is underway we got six confirmed candidates at this point in time a lot of big names are starting to surface a lot of high profile background individuals are applying for this buck special teams coordinator role i'm excited for some of these candidates i'm also excited for a lot more is the bucketeers have some breaking news some really big news to share with you guys regarding the future of the program, the future of the podcast, but we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. So, uh, J-Lo, me and you, ready to rock and roll here. We're going to get into our surprise and news a little bit later and roll into that as we go. But as for now, we're going to get Liam Cohen talk, special teams coordinator talk. How the hell you doing, brother? Happy Tuesday. Another day in the 813 for you. Stoked, man. I'm excited. And that was a fun press conference today. <clears throat> Liam Cohen, you know, he put it out there pretty well. You know, he got me excited. I, li- I like where he's, he's going to take this offense. It sounds like Chris is going to be more on the slot again, which where he was really good at, I feel like. Not that he was bad in the outside, but I feel like going back to the slot, using him in a, in a Cooper Cup role, that's going to be a, a bonus, a plus. I mean, I'm excited, you know. Special team coordinator interviews, Bulls putting his staff together. The way we all want it. Yeah, we got Christopher Cole joining us live right now on the YouTube. He says, evening, fellas. Evening, Christopher. Thanks for coming back and being a familiar face here on the Bucketeers. We love having chit-chat. So if you guys are watching, feel free to drop a comment for us, and we'll get after it right away. We don't call it a super chat because we don't take money. We just call it a Bucks chat. So come on, get in with us. In the Bucks chat, J-Lo and Tampa Tones here taking you till the top of the hour 
ready to rock and roll with you individuals and discuss Liam Cohen, discuss their special teams coordinator search, and all that's in between here on the Bucketeers. And our big breaking news of the day as well, we reeled in a big fish. And what does that mean? A guest host, a permanent co-host, are we joining forces with someone? We'll explain later on, but J-Lo, I know you're amped for the news, I'm amped for the news, and uh, when we break that news, a lot of people should be happy. Oh yeah, definitely. It's going to be it's gonna be some excitement with this news coming out. Much excitement coming later in the show. But in the meantime, people sit back and let's talk Bucks football. Yeah, we're going to get into Bucks football indeed, and it's going to be intense. It's going to be a good show here, a good program. Not a lot of other pods are doing coordinator research and updates and stuff. So get your latest and greatest with the Bucketeers, not only today, but in the future. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you turn that subscription on. All you can do is hit subscribe, perfectly free. Hit the like button, do us a favor, and turn the notification bell on so whenever the Bucketeers come at you guys live, you guys are tuned into the program and ready to roll with the great J-Lo Tampa Tones, our four other co-hosts as well. Shout out to Huncho, Acats, Bucko the Bruce, and Stunna as they are traveling from a distance right now. But J-Lo, we're not going to hold back. We're not going to pull any punches. We're going to get right into Liam Cohen and how he looked today, how he sounded today. I'll tell you what, he looked swaggy, man. That suit he was wearing looked real incredible. You know, he's going to be a big suit guy, so that's good to see. And secondly, another thing that caught my eye specifically, J-Lo, is the love that he's already receiving from a lot of these players. When he got named offensive coordinator, a lot of the young guns on Instagram, um, (laughs) young guns, hopefully that's okay to say, a lot of the young guns on Instagram, revolved around uh, Liam Cohen, and they started liking the Bucks posts about Liam Cohen. And then today, J-Lo, he met up with Baker, Rashad White, Greg Gaines, Chris Godwin, inside of one buck place already. So just your thoughts on what you like today from Liam Cohen and your thoughts on him meeting with some of the players, a lot of the young Bucks liking the post on Instagram and all that sorts of stuff as we move forward here into kind of shaping our offensive coaching staff, led by the guidance of not now Todd Bowles, but with the help of Liam Cohen. No, agreed. It's all about Baker Mayfield. He was even in the building. I mean, some of these players were excited to see who the office coordinator was. So we already know that Baker's going to come back. How much and how how amount of time he's going to be here, we'll find out later in the next upcoming weeks. But I love how the players came, you know, met him. He looks like a fun guy. He looks like a fun coach that's going to be creative. And he's and a smart football brain, he sounds like, right? Nothing against Canellis. He was a smart brain, too. But he was kind of one of those rah-rah guys who would go up on stage and just rah-rah, which won us over. And he was really good here. But, J-Lo, I know there's proof in the pudding to be had. You know, you got to let the play play on the field. But I agree with you. He seems like a very good football brain. Agreed. I feel like he's going to bring a lot of great play calling. And the most important thing that I think fans are forgetting to understand, he loves running the football. If you watch any of the Kentucky highlights, that badass running back they got coming out, that that dude is, you know, a stud. But he ran the ball a lot. He ran over, I think, 1,100 yards, like 14 touchdowns, I believe I read. And that's pretty impressive in the SEC. 
So for the most part, I'm excited for Rashad White and whatever running back we bring in or bring back to mitts, you know, the play action and stuff. I'm really excited for that. I mean, this is going to be, to me, an upgrade. No disrespect to Dave Canales. But I feel that like this guy's going to bring some more better run games, you know, and get everything organized. I'm just excited to see that. And, the, and like I said about the players, they seem really excited to meet him, you know, especially with Baker. You know, I, Baker I like looked how, smiley today, man. He looked smiley today. He's having the time of his life, man. I mean, right now, Virginia career, MVP of the Pro Bowl. You know, I mean, this dude's definitely getting hot pretty quick. And plus, he's got a baby on the way in April. I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy, and I'm really happy for him. And I can't wait until we find out, you know, how long he's going to be back here for and all that, which will come in upcoming weeks. But back to Liam Cohen. I mean, the guy was a great hire. Shout out to Top Bowls and the front office staff again for bringing in a great football mind with really good play calling experience. I mean, and heck, I mean, under Sean McVay, you know, who Sean McVay gave great comments to, you know, in the past about how he was his right-hand man and all that stuff. I mean, that's really impressive. Like I said, I mean, that's just, to me, impressive stuff. No disrespect to Dave Canales, you know, he became a head coach for a reason. So now on to Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen, sorry. Yeah, and he looks like he's going to bring a lot of smash mouth to the gridiron as we got a comment from Olivia, only here for Jayla. That's not nice. Come on. They're too young to even ride the show. Come on. Get with it, Olive. We appreciate Aww. you loving the daughters, but you got to be here for your Bucks viewership and your fandom and knowledge as well. So, J-Lo, I guess we got to give the show up to uh, Sophie and Gracie. I think we're uh, getting the boot. I, uh, I've been slacking on getting Sophia on here to make an appearance. She's kind of camera shy lately. But my, my younger one has no problem doing that. But, unfortunately, I'm solo dolo at the moment. So, sorry, Olivia. Next time I'll have to, you know, get back. Next to time we won't be here. Don't worry. We'll just go away. And uh, we won't be back. We won't be back. Don't worry. It's It won't be Tones and J-Lo anymore. It won't be Tones and J-Lo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> incredible stuff, J-Lo. Your, your daughter's got some fans out there. They got more fans than we do. They got more fans than we do. Can you blame them? They're Beautiful children, and they're great children. So, uh, you know, incredible stuff there from Olivia. We do appreciate it. But, J-Lo, when I heard Liam Cohen talking today, he sounded like a man who's going to spend a lot of time preparing to get the full abilities out of everybody, including guys like Tristan Wirfs. He called Tristan Wirfs a weapon today. He said weapons aren't only guys on the outside, right? Then he referenced Tristan Wirfs. I think that, you know, we did a little bit better using our big guys as lead blockers in the run scheme last year with Canales on runs to the outside. But, J-Lo, if we could somehow start incorporating Tristan Wirfs into that uh, Trent Williams sort of role that the 49ers have, you know, where he's a menace out there, he's making plays, right? Because we, we saw improvements last year, but it was still more so the running back and a couple lead blockers. But if Worse could start making plays, if Liam Cohen could identify that Worse is this human menace who could create a lot of open pass in the run game himself, not only pass protection, man, this offense could be very, very dangerous. Definitely. Like I said, I mean, I think our offense is going to be a little bit better because we're not going to have to 
study a whole new playbook. They're going to be able to continue to perfect the scheme that they were trying to run. Very similar between Canales and Cohen, but to me, I think Cohen perfected it better. That's just how I feel. I could be wrong, but we'll see. I mean, I, I feel like this is going to be really good high for us. It was good seeing Topol, the presser introducing him and all that stuff. I mean, this team's coming together, and Bowles is getting his staff together what he wants, what he feels best fits. No respect to Bruce Arians. Thank you for the Super Bowl and the staff you put together. But now this is Bowles' time. And fans are still disrespecting Bowles here and there. It's like, keep disrespecting. The man's not going anywhere. The man has done the best he can do. And I feel like he's going to really show uh, show most of us Bucks fans how better this team's going to be next season. Okay, I got a feeling we're going to be able to get the core back together. I see that happening. I, you know, Mike's not going anywhere. So Jet fans, Panther fans, Houston fans, ain't going to happen. Uh-uh. Like I said, it's all Keep about going, No, I mean, Cohen, you know, got hired here basically because of Baker making him comfortable. And Baker made it known in his last press conference if he comes back, Mike's coming back. End of story. And I noticed something interesting today as well before we get into some Liam Cohen tidbits today and some info that he did share, whether it was with J&Z on WDAE, who had a great interview with him, Jay Retcher and Zach Blobner, whether it was him introducing himself to the Bucks vicious media, the 813. No, we love the Bucks media. We love them all. But uh, I thought this was interesting today, J-Lo. A lot of people said there were going to be some sort of ties, at least between Canales and Liam Cohen, and Liam Cohen kind of confirmed that today. And I found a tie from former Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron and Liam Cohen even before their time with the Rams together because they overlap with the Rams. But if you go all the way back to the year 2014 when Liam Cohen was the pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for UMass, Shane Waldron was actually the offensive line coach for UMass as well. So before the Rams ties, they had UMass ties. And then Liam Cohen was the assistant wide receivers coach for the Rams starting in 2018. And Shane Waldron was their passing game coordinator at that time. So you know that they started intertwining way back in UMass. They fed off each other with the Rams. Then Waldron took some of those ideas of Liam Cohen's, went to the Seahawks as their offensive coordinator, Shirley shared some of those with Dave Canales, who brought some of those here. And it's kind of a full circle story, right? These coaches, Waldron, Shane Waldron, now offensive coordinator with the Bears, probably one of the hottest commodities this offseason for OCs, helped intertwine the playbook of Dave Canales and Liam Cohen. And J-Lo, that's a beautiful thing, looking for that built growth, but at the same time, sustaining at least a little bit of continuity. No, agreed. He even stated that, you know, that there's going to be some tweets he's going to add in there to help them, you know, perfect the scheme and all that. He didn't mention that in the press conference as well. So, like, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what tweets he adds in there because I feel like he'll definitely be a huge, you know, commodity for Rashad White, getting him the ball more, opening up lanes, just get, get the O-line coach in there to get that line, you know, solidified 
because I feel like our old line is going to be a lot better next season, no matter who if we add or we stick to certain players. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Cohen, I feel like, would definitely perfect the run game better to where it takes less pressure off Baker Mayfield and taking less hits because, you know, he ain't getting any younger. He's getting to that age where, you know, he can only take so many hurt certain hits. And it's all about protecting Baker and then create plays to get the ball to Chris and Mike. And then plus get the ball to KDOT and, you know, open up the playbook a little bit more. Couple things that caught my eye today, JLo. Firstly, Liam Cohen and getting the Bucks OC job. I'm extremely lucky to be here. Honestly, this is a dream opportunity that they've presented myself and my family. You can tell that there's a real desire for this organization to continue to be great. And then a couple of other things along the way, he kept referencing Baker Mayfield as we had him already under contract. And then he also said weapons aren't just out on the perimeter as we went over with the Tristan Wurst thing. But J-Lo, just from those couple of quotes, he knows the current success that the Bucks have. Four straight playoff appearances, only team in the NFC with four straight playoff appearances, believe it or not, more than the Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, Rams, any of those fellas. He knows that this team has been great, but we're on our third offensive coordinator in that short span, J-Lo, how can Liam Cohen, and what do you think that he said today, helped kind of give Tampa fans a, you know, pellet of quench, of thirst quench, I should say, that, hey, he might be here for more than one year. And obviously, you never know how the NFL works. You know, he could get scooped up in a hurry, but at the same time, it seems like you know, he's very excited to be here and call him plays. And it seems like this could be a guy who's in Tampa for more than one season. Most definitely. he de- He's definitely excited because he always wanted to coach since he was a young kid. He always, he mentioned the press conference, be able to coach at the NFL level of coaching. And he's thankful that both, you know, gave him the opportunity to let him run the offense that he feels sits, sits fit with what they're trying to do and their mission and winning a championship. And Co- and Cohen, you know, it just depends. I mean, this is a poaching type, you know, league, and we don't know what's going to happen next year. But right now he's here focused, being here, get his staff together, get the, get the core players. And that's why his staff is that important, right? Because just in case, even though he might want to be here more than a year, that's no guarantee. And if he does get poached, hey, Hopefully he assembles a staff that could just promote within rather easily. Well, yeah, I mean, and you got to give you props to Todd Bowles and Jason Light. They're, you know, they're bringing in quality coaches, young minds to go in there and call the plays. And if that happens, props to Bowles and Light for bringing in another big time play caller. I mean, you know, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, fans want to go out there and be fearful of, you know, losing him next season. Let's not focus on that right now. Let's just focus on the here and now. Let's focus on getting our core players back and let the season play it out, play itself out, and we'll see what happens. I mean, where have we even played the damn Super Bowl yet? Yeah, and it seems like, right, and that's kind of the premise, hey, people are already worried about him getting poached. Relax. We know if it's up to him, he'll be here for a couple of years. If it's up to Bucks, he'll be here for a couple of years. And if he does get poached, hey, We'll deal with it then, but that means he had a hell of a season, and so did our offense. So good things to come there, I guess. Speaking of Todd Bowles, though, J-Lo, 
you mentioned him. Cohen brought up that Bowles and him were more familiar with each other than people think because uh, his work he had in attendance at the Georgia-Kentucky games in 2021 and 2023 as Todd Bowles' son, Troy, is a linebacker for the Georgia Bulldogs. So Todd Bowles has seen Liam Cohen's offense up close and personal. Kind of give us a rundown on that. Do you think that gave Liam Cohen an advantage for Todd Bowles to be in the stands 2021-2023, getting a firsthand scouting on the synopsis of things and B, that kind of helps Cohen, the continuity and the familiarity with Todd Bowles. And, you know, knowing this guy more than beyond an interview where Dave Canales probably was just an interview with Todd Bowles. That's where they got to know each other here. It seems like Liam Cohen and Todd Bowles have at least a little bit of history. Well, they do. I mean, they played each other in 2022 and 2020 season. They played each other before. And Liam Cohen knows how his defense plays. He, and he commented that, you know, he's one of the greatest defensive minds in the league. So that's another thing. They played each other. But that's another bonus, too, for Todd Bowles to go watch his son play college ball and see playing against Kentucky. You know, I mean, it's all advantage. You know, there's never a doubt in my mind that your head coach is always going to be scouting and be on the lookout for talented coaches, talented players, you know, that's the advantage he's got when he goes to watch his son play at Georgia, which is one of the top colleges in the nation, always, you know, big-time stage and playing all these top recruits and all that stuff. So it gives him a lot of advantage. But they played each other before in 2022. And I think Cohen had – wasn't calling the plays, but I know he was putting the game together and all that, the game planning and all that. Because he did, he did compliment a lot on Matthew Stafford. You know, he was decided to coach him and all that stuff. So they definitely got some history together, you know, and Bowles hates playing McVay offense. That's That's been his Achilles heel. And now you got another guy, Liam Cohen, who could probably show him some pointers at practice on what to watch out for when you play these big-time teams. Because they're going to – we got a tough schedule coming up. Tough schedule, but it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and Liam Cohen, he was on the J&Z show as well, and he said his dad's very familiar with the area. He only lives – 90 minutes outside of the Tampa area. So between his connections with Todd Bowles, his dad living in the area, maybe a little more familiarity with Tampa than we know for Liam Cohen, which is all great things. Speaking of familiarity, J-Lo, Chris Godwin's familiar with success. Last year he went over 1,000 yards, but for a Chris Godwin-type season, it didn't seem like it was that extraordinary, as crazy as that sounds. He still had a nice year, but not a Chris Godwin type year that we're used to seeing sounded like today Liam Cohen is a plan for Chris Godwin saying he's going to work him more in the F receiver position inside where the likes of Cooper Cup worked under Liam Cohen and that Chris Godwin was working a little more with the likes of Tom Brady and Jameis Winston that's great stuff to me J-Lo music to my ears and again I know what they try to do with Godwin try to make him the true number two this year Tried to bounce him outside a little bit more this year. Tried to get him to be that physical, aggressive receiver. But, again, he still had success. But when we've seen Godwin really be Godwin, when we've seen him really thrive, it's been that F slot. It's been that interior wide receiver role. Kind of the Cooper Cup type, J-Lo. Exactly. Godwin, I think that's where he was at his best, you know, playing the slot inside, more in the middle part to open up the safeties and linebackers to get other receivers open. 
and I think he's going to thrive in Cohen's offense, system, and hopefully, you know, get back from his Achilles injury because that's never – that's never – not Achilles, I'm sorry, 20 CL injury. That's never easy to come back from. You're not really playing the same like you used to. So that's another thing fans need to realize. Yeah, he, he's been there two seasons now with coming back from it, but now you got a now you got an offense with Cohen who's going to utilize him really well. So I'm excited for Chris Godwin. I think he's going to you know definitely build a lot of noise up. And plus, he's on contract year. He'll be on his last year of his, of his deal. So I see big things out of Chris Godwin this coming season. Yeah, I'm expecting huge things out of Chris Godwin this coming season as well, and I'm expecting big things out of Baker Mayfield if he returns. And he sure seems like a lock to return. We talked about it on our Saturday show, J-Lo. We're going to talk about it a little bit more now as well. As uh, Greg Allman said, asked about his confidence level of Baker Mayfield returning to the Bucks. Liam Cohen says, Higher than I probably need to be. I want him to be here. It's probably more want than no. He's obviously a reason that I'm here, dot, dot, dot. I think he wants to be here. Pretty much tells me that, hey, I can't really say it yet, but we've had a couple talks, and we pretty much know that Baker's going to be back. Agreed. He is. I just don't see him going anywhere. I mean, they built this offense around Baker Mayfield now. It's coming to the point where Baker is going to be staying here for the longer haul. And Light and Light and Greeny will get it going to get to where Baker is going to be comfortable and he ain't going nowhere. So as far as I'm here, Atlanta could be, you know, probably, could probably outbid us. I just don't see him leaving. I feel like he's gained momentum with the teammates, having a baby in April. I think he wants to settle here in Tampa, one of the best cities in the world. Yeah, and before we get to uh, the special team coordinators, candidates, the special team coordinators talk, then eventually our big announcement, we'll wrap up Liam Cohen here briefly, uh, unless we get to him in the final word. Any last thoughts on either of today's interview or press conference and how Liam Cohen kind of appeared? And like I said, I was really impressed, and obviously you got to let the chips play and let the chips fall. and see where they lay, but I was really impressed, and it seems like he'll be leaning on Rashad's skill set for advantage mass up. Um, Lessons were gained by him in his time in L.A. It seemed like he had a lot of takeaways from Sean McVay over there, so that's always good to see when you learn lessons from coaches, when you lean on players' skill types. Just incredible, and, um, you know, Liam Cohen also confirmed today He missed calling plays. This was a no-brainer for us, he called it, referring to him and his family coming to Coach Tampa, coming to call plays here. And let's be honest, Todd Bowles is going to give him the wholehearted offensive ability to call plays, J-Lo. So, you know, any thoughts on Liam Cohen? Any last words? And uh, Scott Smith has a good one here. Liam Cohen today said, I was taught in times of crisis, think players, not plays. And that's really good to see. Because a lot of the times last season when we were struggling, I feel like we were trying to force some balls into places, some plays to Trey Palmer, to Devin Tompkins, when in reality we should have been leaning on guys like Evans, Godwin, and the likes of that. So really just refreshing stuff to me all over the board today on Liam Cohen, j No, agreed. Um, he, when, when you have two players and you're paying them top dollar, you need to get them the ball. 
create whatever play calling you got to to get these guys in there. That's why you pay big money because they're your playmakers. Just like, you know, when you have Kate Otten and Rashad White who are getting paid rookie deals, but when you're paying top dollar to two top receivers, that's supposed to be both number ones, you got to use them. And I feel like Cohen's going to use that on the players and use the best of their ability to get open and get the ball. Palmer, he's up and coming. I feel like he's going to be a good contributor next season. But when you're paying two top receivers, which I think Cohen understands, you got to get your playmakers the ball, create playmaking plays. I mean, look what the Rams did this past season. They got the ball to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, who came out of nowhere. It's like, holy crap, that dude's a baller. And, and that's the way I look at it when it comes to the Shaman Bay tree and offensive play calling. And that's what I like about, about Liam Cohen, that he's going to get Chris Godwin more involved and get him the ball. Yeah, and that's definitely a plus side. And another plus side, J-Lo, is that surely seems like Surely seems like Liam Cohen is committed to marriage for the run and pass game, and that's what Evan Klosky said. It reaffirms marriage between run and pass concepts, which is going to be key, and then that means pre-snap motion, things of that nature that Byron Leftwich didn't believe in. We've seen a little bit better job of it last year from Canales, maybe a little too much at times, maybe a little too little at times, but nonetheless, I think Liam Cohen calling plays at UMass calling plays at Kentucky and calling a handful of games for the Rams, I think he truly realizes how important the run and pass game are together and realizes how important concepts are between the run and pass game because you could have two virtual formations look exactly the same, but one's a run play, one's a pass play, but those are the type of things that leaves the defense a little unbalanced, J-Lo, and that makes me feel real good about this hire. Obviously, we'll see it, how, how it pans out. But right now, I don't have a bad thing to say. Well, and plus, one more thing is that at Kentucky, on third and one or third and short, he converted almost most of the time. And that's where we struggled last season. On, on third and short, we couldn't get the damn first down. We had to pump the damn ball and kill the momentum of the offense. So that's another thing fancy to look at is that on third and short, he was pretty clutch for Kentucky. I think he was pretty much on the money on 31, 32 conversions on running the ball. So that's another thing you got to look at that, you know, when you're able to run the ball and pound it and take less pressure off Baker, then you create more confusion with the defense on, holy crap, they can actually run the ball on us. What are we going to do in the next play? That's how you get in these defensive minds, heads, some of these coaches, like Todd Bowles, and you just pick them apart on the passing. Yeah, and Zach, our friend, Bucks by 30, mentioned getting a new O-line coach and drafting a true center will improve the run game tremendously. And Liam Cohen, Liam Cohen said today that he's going to start working on his staff right away, and hopefully he could pry one of those two offensive line candidates with him, um, either Kentucky's current or Kentucky's former offensive line coach. Either would be a real good choice to me. We've talked about... Zach Yenzer on the show here before J-Lo, so that's certainly a name to watch. And then also um, a couple other candidates out there. Obviously, the Saints have an offensive line coach who does have an assistant O-line coach who has some connections. And then Kentucky's current O-line coach, Wolford, who bounced back from Alabama. Yeah, I mean, he, he like I said, he said in the next 
hopefully in the next couple of weeks he'll have his coaching staff assigned. So you already know he's probably on the phone right now, reaching out to a couple of people that um he worked with in the past, trying to get, you know, this offensive system rolling and then try to get Baker comfortable with his system, how he wants to run it. I mean, it's going by fast, I'm telling you. Once the Super Bowl's over, we're going to be hitting the offseason, hitting it and running pretty quickly. And that's when you know we're going to be hitting free agency within about a month's time. So this guy's going to put it together. I'm hoping he gets one of those offensive line coaches. You know, hopefully bring back Thad, depending on what they want to do with him. And then also maybe pluck Jake Peets away, who I really like a lot. I feel like he would be a young, upcoming future play caller in the future if we're able to pluck him away, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, you just got to give this man time to put his team, to put his assistants together, and I'm not worried about it. It's gonna Maybe be Tom Moore could help him too, right? We brought back Tom Moore. He's an offensive. I love that man. Right? I think that's a great guy to lean on. If you got a guy like Tom Moore around, go, hey – what did you see out of Thad Lewis? Should he be back? Should we retain him? You know, what did you see out of a Van Dam, a tight ends coach? Things like that you could get so much from Tom Moore on. And really, Tom Moore is a great guy to have on the staff and really a beautiful thing to see there, J-Lo, with Liam Cohen. And I bet you it's going to be one to two weeks and we'll find out the full, full staff. We might hear a leak here, a leak there. As we got Ed Rabasa and Kenneth Rubright joining us on Facebook. We do appreciate it so much, but you might hear a name here, J-Lo, a name there. A guy like Zach Yenzer getting named a line coach. I really like Yenzer as he spent some time at San Fran as well, but another interesting point Zach brings up is uh, getting a new O-line coach and true center yes true center so I think Hainsey is a really good shot at moving to left guard and then you draft the center and we've heard guys like JPJ or Frazier brought up but regardless I think Hainsey retains one of the two spots we draft another Ontario O-lineman but that should help the run game a lot too let's not forget Stinney and Filer didn't really have a great year at left guard and then Hainsey obviously is a makeshift center so that's all interesting stuff there, J-Lo. Now we're going to get on to our special teams coordinators and see who's up and coming on our special teams coordinator list here. And uh, the first one we got up I want to talk about is Titans' former special teams coordinator, Craig Aukerman, only 47 years young. He has a very extensive, extensive coaching career. Coach at Finley, coach at Miami of Ohio as a grad assistant, went to Western Kentucky as a special teams coordinator and linebackers coach in 03 and 04. Then from 05 to 08, went to Miami of Ohio, spent some time there, bounced around Kent State. Then he made his way into the NFL, Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he got his real big shot with the Chargers in 2016 as a special teams coordinator. Went to the Titans a year later, became their special teams coordinator in 2018. And he really had a terrible year last season, got fired mid-year. I'm okay on Aukerman, J-Lo, but thoughts on our first candidate? We're talking about Craig Aukerman, former Titans special teams coordinator. As Neil L says what it do, and Neil, you already know for the people. Let them know how to subscribe and all that stuff. But J-Lo, go ahead on Aukerman. I mean, to me, it's just a name. A name of an experienced coordinator who I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me if we brought him in. I just want a guy who's gonna have gunners like going down. Cause I think that's what people are failing to realize. Yeah, you can talk about 
punt return, kick returns for touchdowns and stuff like that. But also our punt coverage was not as great. It's been a huge struggle. So hopefully, I don't know his resume too much as he brought it up to me. But to me, it's just part of the interview process. As you go on the other names, you know, I'll tell you which one I like the most for sure. But, but that guy, just experienced coordinator, you know, if you don't get a job here, he'll get a job somewhere else. Somebody will pick him up. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And the great J.C. Allen says, Link, so maybe we'll get J.C. Allen thoughts on special teams coordinator. We'll see if he could join us until the end of the program here as we're picking apart special teams coordinators, doing Liam Cohen talk. And then at the end, we do have a big show announcement as well. So be on the lookout for that. But not huge on Ackerman. We'll see if he does get a job, J.Lo, ultimately – um, a little bit out of our control, obviously, who we like is special teams coordinator, but he wouldn't be my top choice. Neil, hit that like button. That's right, Neil. We do appreciate that very much so, which brings Thank us you. to candidate number two, J-Lo. Keith Tandy, former Bucks player, obviously, former Falcon as well. Six-round pick out of West Virginia for the Bucks in 2012. Played defensive back and played a lot of special teams as a coach. He won the Super Bowl with us, and at that time, he was an assistant special teams coach. He's been an assistant special teams coach since 2020. He's only 34 years young. I think Tandy would be a nice in-house candidate, but giving me Tad Lewis vibes right now in the sense of, hey, if we didn't promote him already, uh, maybe he's not looking like the guy necessarily. But your thoughts on Keith Tandy? J-Lo, your audio went out, brother. I don't I don't think he could hear us right now. JC, are you with us though while we try and figure out J-Lo? How the hell are you doing if you can? What's up? What's up? How we doing, brother? I'm doing I'm doing great. Just you know, accepted the OC job for the Bucks. So <laughs> you look nice. How are you? Hey, um, you know, a lot of people, word on the street is, JC, you look uh, a little bit like the man they brought into town. Uh, what What are your thoughts being around the OC today, Liam Cohen? I know uh, you saw him in the building uh, first and foremost. Just the vibe he gave off today. It seemed like it was a uh, fun guy to be around, a fun press conference to be had, and really seems like a guy who's football smart, scratching and clawing his way for another chance to call some plays in the NFL. And here he is with that opportunity and maybe a very familiar foe with Baker. JC, just give us your overall thoughts on the hire and, um, you know, what you think of Lee and Cohen as a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I really like it. Um, you know, I think he's going to bring uh, a lot of continuity first. It's going to be easy for this team as they transition to a new offensive coordinator. I think it gives him a leg up in the Baker Mayfield, um, getting him back under contract and in the building uh, with some potentially interesting situations out there for other teams if they were to look to bring him in. Um, but I think it kind of gives you a leg up there. And he's got an energy about him. It's not necessarily Dave Canales energy, who is, you know, like very um, hyped up, but it's, it's, a, it's a competitive energy. And you can kind of feel it emanating off of him. And, um, you know, after the press conference, you know, in the media room, we got to go in um, and, and have about 15, 20 minutes with him, just the media uh, off camera um, and kind of mm. talk and, and get hit, you know, pick his brain and uh, get to know him a little bit more. And, you know, this is a guy who 
all he knows is football, you know, from the time he was a kid, his grandfather, his father, uh, both coaches in the league uh, and, you know, high school and college ranks. And, you know, I think, you know, there, there's probably going to be some growing pains for sure. Um, but not as, not as noticeable as last year when Dave was calling plays for the first time I watched his coaches insider, um, I sent it to a bunch of the guys around here that's always on Nike, and he kind of goes through his play sheet and some of the things he's, he said earlier about, you know, it's players, not plays, um, and, and, you know, getting to the ball to his playmakers, which I know will make a lot of Bucks fans happy. Um, you know, in that one-on-one that we had, uh, you know, he talked about moving Godwin back into the slot position where he's had his most success. Obviously, an overwhelming positive response from Bucks Nation out there. Um I think, you know, I think he's going to be a good fit for this team. Now, how long that lasts, you know, with the defensive coach, who knows? But for this team, you know, having some having some guys in the building who already, you know, Greg Gaines is still sticking around, too. That was interesting to me. He's a free agent, um, and he knows him from his time in L.A. And having Baker, who's most likely going to be having that kind of transition where, you know, what do you know about this guy? You know, what can I, you know, what kind of guy is he? It's going to make it easy for, for some of the players to transition. So I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, you know, it doesn't matter what he says in a press conference. It's all out in the field. Um, he's got a pretty decent track record. Um, you look at what he did in 2021. 2022, the Rams was a wash. They lost half their offensive line, Stafford Cup. I mean, they were just, I don't really, and he wasn't really calling plays. He called plays for two of those games that season Uh, I think one of them was against New Orleans so um, you know I think I I think he's going to be a good fit for the culture that Bulls is establishing I think he's going to be a good fit from a continuity standpoint I think he'll be a good fit for the players knowing how to accentuate their skill their talent and put them in the right spot with also you know not trying to figure out what his rhythm what his mojo is as a play caller so I'm excited for it yeah, and JC, I noticed as well, a lot of people are jumping all over, you know, how him and Dave Canales may have at least a little bit of overlap, specifically because Shane Waldron's time spent with each of those guys. But JLo and I were talking, and these guys also, Shane Waldron and Liam Cohen, overlapped at UMass way back in the day as well, years and years back. So, these guys go way back and, you know, could we kind of see at least a little bit of that continuity from Canales, at least a little, you think? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the, you know, the, the schematic points are going to be the same, marrying the pass and the run, using pre-snap motion and, and at-snap motion and, um, you know, play action to, to kind of keep the defense guessing, uh, putting out a certain look. Uh, that they can run multiple packages out of, and the defense is going to be sure whether it's run, pass, screen, et cetera. You know, he talked about it again in that one-on-one with us, you know, having these can calls, which pretty much is, um, you know, you call one, you call two plays, right? One play is the play you're going with, but the other play is a play you have the ability to audible into versus certain looks. So having that ability, Baker didn't do much of that last year until like later in the end of the season where he, where he, you know, really kind of be able to, the offense really got the system down enough where they could add those second calls in there so that the offense knew if this is the look that's coming, we're running this play. If this is the look that we're getting, we're running this play. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that I like that he does. Um, displacement of the back. So he'll line the back up out wide to kind of get a feel if it's man or, or if it's zone. 
Um, if it's man, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, hand signals and, and, and get it out there for a man beater. So get, you know, um, that one-on-one matchup, Mikey's going to love that. Um, and if it's zone, he'll bring the back back in the backfield and kind of play it out. But I asked him today with Rashad White, having a guy who's able to line up on the outside and be effective out there, what kind of, and it's just, you know, it opens up the playbook a little bit more because of Rashad's unique skill set. So, you know, I think there's going to be a ton of carryover for the players. Obviously, you know, he mentioned it. If it was called, you know, double, it'll be called deuce. Or if it was called, you know, trips, it'll be called trays. Stuff like that. Different things terminology-wise. Uh, but, you know, and obviously a different playbook. But a lot of the same concepts and and uh, schematic schematically, a lot of the same things they're trying to accomplish that, you're seeing around the league. It's not just with Canals. It's with McVay. It's with Waldron. It's with Kevin O'Connell. It's with Kevin Stefanski. It's with, you know, all these guys who have come from Shanahan, from that Shanahan-McVay system type of deal. And I think it all starts more so with the communication. And he's a really good communicator. Um, you know, you talk to some of the guys at Kentucky, some of the players there, uh, listen to what they have to say. And that's one thing that he does really well is communicating and being able to um, do a lot of word association, you know. So it's an inside route, insect, spider, beetle, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. All that ties together. Word or so, when the guys hear it in the huddle, it clicks for them like that, and they're able to go out there, not think about what they have to do, know what they have to do, play fast and free. Yeah, JC, real quick before we do bring in J-Lo, uh, I want to ask you this. You talked about, obviously, hey, a, a little of the playbook will at least be the same. Hey, we're probably going to retain a guy like Baker, maybe a guy like Greg Gaines. So familiarities player-wise, personnel-wise, schematic-wise perhaps, do you envision that with the offensive coach and staff with guys like Tad Lewis, Skip Pete, Van Dam, the tight ends coach, or do you think, honestly, Liam Cohen's going to, come in and clear house a little bit and uh, retool the whole staff. Do you think any of those three guys out of Tad Lewis, Skip Pete, Van Dam, do any of them have a chance? And if so, who do you like the most to retain their coaching spot on the new staff of Liam Cohen? You know, it's funny you asked that question because I had that same question on my mind. And in that one, I didn't get the chance to ask it um, during the press conference, but after I did ask that. Um, he pretty much said it's an evaluation process right now. You know, he does. He's talked to Van Dam. He knows that a little bit. Obviously, he's familiar with Skip Pete with their overlap in L.A. Um, so, you know, it's going to be an evaluation process. He's not sure who he's bringing from the Rams, from Kentucky, who's going to stay on the, on the roster. I would think that with a guy like Thad Lewis, who has a year kind of in the system um, and was, you know, approached by two different teams for the O.C. position, a guy like Van Dam, who interviewed for the quarterback's position, I believe, in um, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, two guys who are on the rise. You'd like to keep those guys um, where they are. But he also talked about, you know. Uh-oh. We might have lost a great JC. Get some, you know, there as well. Um, and have that. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. We lost you a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to repeat that last? Yeah, we okay. can hear you now. He wants can you to hear? have that, that ability. It's kind of the same thing like like Dave talked about last year, having those guys who have been there, done it, been around to kind of bounce ideas off of. It, it speaks a lot. To... Uh-oh. 
maybe a little bit of spotty. But I get what JC's trying to say. You know, it's good to have some guys there to get a little bit of continuity. But it might it might be good to bring in a little bit of fresh breath. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now, JC. You, you're uh, all right. You're you're playing phone tag with us. No, can hear I, me I'm or kidding, not. but you know you're coming in strong now. But pretty I gotta much... run anyways. If you can hear me, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll yeah, JC. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining, brother. And that's a great JC Allen from SI Game Day, J Lo. And always a great time as JC Allen pops in some really good insight there on Liam Cohen. It sounds like he had a really good one-on-one with him, J-Lo. Thoughts on, I was going to let you get in there at the end. Sorry about that, brother. Didn't okay. expect uh, internet problems. But nonetheless, J.C. Allen, whether it's for five minutes, 50 minutes, always a great time with J.C. No, agreed. I mean, you pretty much asked him the questions about retaining or adding. You know, that's why I was looking, that's why I was going to really ask him, you know, who you think would stay or go, who he'd bring in. So that worked out perfect. I mean, JC is always on top of the thing, on top of things. During the press, I can hear him asking questions. You know, very good questions. So you know, JC's on the ball. Yeah, and we got through two of our great six. Well, not great, but two of our six coordinator candidates. Some are great, and thanks again to the great JC Allen and the millions and millions and millions he brought with him as he joined the show. JC. If for anyone tuning in now, if you missed it, you could catch a replay. We just had JC Allen from Bucks Game Day Sports Illustrated join the program, and he had a lot of good stuff. He had a one-on-one with Liam Cohen today. He was at his introductory press conference. You know, some people are saying the great JC Allen looks like Liam Cohen. So, all no, good. I was say he, he looks good in a suit, man. I'm about ready to tell JC if I had a chance to that, bro. Are you sure that wasn't you on that podium? <laughs> so, J-Lo, we have gotten through two of the six special teams candidates so far. Just to catch people up, um, Mr. Aukerman, former Titans special teams coordinator, we went over. Keith Tandy, we went over. Um, and now we're going to go over another one who surfaced yesterday, as we do have up to six confirmed t- candidates, that is. And that's Thomas McGoffey. J-Lo, I might be pronouncing his name wrong, pardon me, but former NFL player. He has an extensive background. He was undrafted in 1996 as a player. He played with the Bengals, the Eagles, and then the Barcelona Dragons. And then as a coach, he was a college Houston graduate assistant in 98. He was with the Chiefs in 01 with the Bill Welsh Minority Fellowship. He was with the Chiefs in 02 as an assistant special teams coordinator. Houston in 03 is special teams coordinator. Houston in 04 is special teams coordinator and cornerbacks coach and went to the Broncos, then to the Giants and to LSU, then to the Jets. This is interesting to me. He was the Jets special teams coordinator in 2014, Thomas McGaughy. And then Todd Bowles came in 2015. He didn't retain him onto his staff, right? McGowey left, ended up becoming the special teams coordinator for the 49ers, then went to the Panthers for their special teams coordinator, then went to the Giants. (laughs) Everywhere. J-Lo, a little concerning, on my end at least, that he has ran through so many special teams coordinator titles, and the Giants really haven't been the greatest in special teams coordinator or special teams rankings the past couple of seasons. I like the aspect that he was a player and he won the NFL Europe World Bowl as a player, actually, and he has a lot of experience. But the two red flags is Lucky Lucy's joining. Hello, once again, 
Lucky Lucy. Thanks for tuning in to the program tonight. But, J-Lo, two little thoughts of concern. A, he's now been the special teams coordinator for the Giants, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Jets, Houston, LSU. You know, it's like a laundry list. If he was that great, you know, it's not like he's moving up the chain. He's staying stagnant, which it's good he's getting opportunities, but a little concern. And then B, when Todd Bowles took over the Jets job, out of the three coordinators, you're able to keep those guys sometimes, right? Like Washington Commandos, football club, whatever you want to say. They could have kept Eric Bieniemy. What did they do? Nope, they ousted him. Todd Bowles ultimately ousted special teams coordinator Thomas McGowey when he got when he arrived at the Jets. So J Lo, I don't know necessarily if they are going to follow through and have him around more, maybe more interviews. But those two things were minor red flags for me. I'll be interested to see if he gets another interview with Tampa. But thoughts on him to me. If I had to rank one through six, he'd be number five on my list. Aukerman, number six. Him, number five. Keith Tandy, number three. No, that's about accurate. I agree. I mean, his resume has just got so many bouncing around, not being retained by coaches. To me, like from the first guy, to me, it's just a name with experience. I mean, if we get him, I mean, fine, whatever. But at the same time, I just don't see him getting the job. If Bowles didn't retain him the first time, I'll see him picking him. I can just see he's just trying to bring in a group of people for interviews, you know, give them an opportunity to speak. But I, I don't see him being our, our special teams coordinator. And, again, another thing with mo- – a lot of these guys are young, younger football minds. Uh, McGowie's probably the oldest one. But, you know, you got Keith Tandy, 34, Aukerman, mid-40s, Phil Gilliano, who we're going to talk about now, 46. So, a lot of these guys are young football minds. I'm actually a little intrigued by Galliano, and he has some familiarities with the Bucks. He was on the Bucks staff when Greg Schiano was coaching here, J-Lo, so that's very interesting. And then he's been on the Saints staff since 2019 now, so you know he's familiar with the in-house rivalry right there, and maybe that's why we interviewed him as well, right? Get some information and some tidbits on the Saints special teams, I believe. You or Stunna always bring that up. Hey, when these guys interview, sometimes they might just be poaching information from these teams. But to go over his background quick, and I'd put Phil Galliano a candidate number four, but I think he's a strong fourth candidate. I think he's a pretty intriguing one. His coaching resume, he was a Dickinson outside linebackers coach in 2000 and 01 he was a New Haven outside linebackers coach and 02 he was Villanova's offensive assistant and 03 Rutgers grad assistant from 04 to 06 he was at Rutgers defensive end linebackers coach 07 to 09 FIU defensive coordinator so JLo I'd be intrigued next time we bring Anthony Gator onto the show uh, whether Galliano gets a job or not, kind of get his background and info on Galliano as they overlapped at Florida International and in Tampa Bay. So um, that'll be interesting to see as he was with Tampa Bay then from 2012 to 2013 as assistant special teams. Then he went to Rutgers in 2014 to be their director of recruiting. Then he went to special teams and tight ends in Rutgers 2015 with the Dolphins in 2016, special teams assistant. Penn State, 2017 defensive consultant, 2018 special teams and assistant D-line coach. Then since 2019, he's been assistant special teams with the Saints. So a lot of odd and ends titles there for Galliano. But 
until you get a special teams coordinator role, that's kind of their path, J-Lo. Not a lot of special teams assistants. There's one assistant, really, for special teams, and then really a special teams intern. So you kind of have a three- or four-man staff for special teams coaches, not including the long snap or help and that stuff. But, J-Lo, thoughts on Phil Galliano, and uh, where would you rank him? I put him fourth, his extensive background and resume. No, I agree. For them, I mean, so far we're on the same page. I mean, I'm talking about four right now. To me, I feel like it's just a poaching situation, trying to get information on the Saints, try to gain some ground on them because they've been a thorn in our behinds for a long time, especially when they came down here and rocked us at home. So, but I mean, I mean, he's got familiarity here. I mean, Sutsi was on the great Shiano staff. You know, I'm pretty sure he got a lot of heat <laughs> being on his staff, but. For the most part, which I'll always refute because the great A Gator does as well. So I know, I know. Yeah, I remember him mentioning that. But it'd be interesting to see what Anthony Gator would have to say about him interacting and all that stuff. You know, for that most part with Shiano's staff. And I but, have been in talks with Gator. We should be getting him on the program in the near future. We text weekly. Great friend of mine, now Florida International outside linebackers coach. So J Lo. You might get your answers wish quicker than you think, brother. He might be joining us uh, in the near future. Looking forward to it, you know. Great football mind. I remember him when he got drafted here. And that would be great to hear what he has to say and his opinion on the special teams coordinator position open. I'm pretty sure he's got some very awesome things to say for the most part. And that's actually how me and him connected, right? When Gator got drafted here, I followed him on Twitter, and he immediately followed me back, and we DM'd, hey, good luck. He said, thanks for being a big fan. Next thing you know, he's sending me, you know, jerseys, gloves. I keep supporting him, and it's really been a great brotherhood. He's appeared on the pod multiple times. So great guy, watching him grow up in front of my eyes, you know, on the field in terms of being a family man. Just great stuff. But, yeah, if we have Gator back on, we'll ask him about Galliano and so much more. Here and comes – oh, go uh, on. Uh, no, go on. Not, not to cut you off, but that's the kind of players that I really enjoy talking to. Those are players I love to interact with the fans, you know, taking the time to maybe go on a pod or even answer some questions, chit-chat, you know what I mean? Because they love football like we do. That's, the, that's why Anthony Gator is a perfect example of you know, an awesome person in general outside of football. I couldn't agree with you more, J-Lo. Those are the players that make you want to buy back into the team and continue to follow teams and really great guy. I mean, I, a lot of my favorite Bucks players over the course of my fandom, sure, yeah, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, some of my big favorite guys, but other great guys, just because they're great guys, I love Logan Hall. I love Cambray when he was a buck. A lot of people say, oh, Cambray. Yeah, I, I was a big Cambray guy, Ryan Griffin. You know, these are guys, Josh Wells, maybe not the most popular names, but I like them a lot because they're great people. They do what they want for the fans, and it's really a great thing for the franchise. Speaking of great things for the franchise, J-Lo, if we hire one of these two guys, I put them in tiers. I got my top two. Then I got number three and four in Tandy and Galliano, who I would still love, but, you know, not as much as he's top two. Then I got my five and six, who are, eh, if we settle with them, eh, I'd way rather have McGowie because he's been in the NFL and he's been a better coordinator. But Aukerman, eh, again, the great Evan Winter said, Mike Vrabel never fires people midseason. Aukerman got out of there so quick last year. 
in a game against the Colts, I'm telling you, there were like three block kicks, missed extra points. It was a terrible fiasco. But my second favorite candidate could be your first, but he's my second. LeVar Woods, special teams coordinator from Iowa, 46 years old or 45 years old, part of my French, about to be 46 in March. He's really a really good special teams coordinator in college. He has a great playing career as he played at Iowa from 98 to 2000. Then he went to the Cardinals. Then he went to the Bears. Then he went to the Lions. Then he went to the Titans. He was a linebacker. And then as a coach, he's been with Iowa as a coach since 2008, J-Lo. And he's been their special teams coordinator since 2018. And if people know Iowa football, they know two things keep him in games, defense, but more importantly, special teams. They always have good punting. They always have good return teams. Um, and they always really do a good job at trick plays, uh, fake field goals. They call it pole cast, stumbles at goal lines, things of that nature. So I'm very intrigued by LeVar Woods, and that's why I'd put him at two out of number six for our confirmed candidates to this day, J-Lo. Well, let's not forget about Iowa. T- to me, they're tied in you, man. They, they developed some pretty good damn tight ends over there in Iowa and some good offensive linemen for the most part. And he was their tight ends coach from 2015 to 2017. Ah, there we go. That's why it came hard on the rankings because if it came out between him and the other candidate, which will be named in a second, I would love to have him. I think he'd be a good one to bring in, a good young mind. And I think he would do a great job here getting the, you know, getting some gunners in there to stop them from returning the punt for so many yardage to get good field position. I mean, that's, those are good points, man. I really, I mean, to me, it was really hard and I'll tell you my ranking after the next one you talk about. So, but as far as that goes, he's a good one. I like him a lot. Yeah. And, uh, JLo JC is just saying, thanks for having me once again. Thanks to the great JC Allen from, Bucks game day sports illustrated. He was on for about 10 to 15 minutes sharing his insight on Liam Cohen and all that fun stuff. The great JC Allen, always a great pleasure to be on the pod. Love that guy, uh, brother of ours. So JLo, before we get in the last candidate, one thing is, Hey, newsflash. If you're unfamiliar, the Bucks needed coordinators filled this year, two out of three to be exact special teams, offensive coordinator, one thing about Todd Bowles, and I don't know if it's just because he's a former player, J-Lo, or what, but he loves his former player coaches as well. Defensively, you have Casey Rogers and Larry Foote, co-defensive coordinators. Both of them were players. Now you get Liam Cohen, who is a quarterback at UMass and a quarterback in the Arena Football League as a player, and he interviewed all these other guys who played quarterback, etc. Tad Lewis, um, Antoine randall wide receiver. Now it's special teams coordinator. You see McGuey from the Giants. He was a seven or eight year NFL vet. We just talked about uh, Woods from Iowa. He was an NFL vet. Keith Tandy, an NFL vet. Todd Bowles himself was an NFL vet. It seems like you kind of go one of two routes with the coaching tree, J-Lo. You either pick the bookworms and nerd brains, like, you know, you, you conduce a tree kind of like uh, Miami's doing over there. Or with Mike McDaniel, nothing against him, but more brainiacs, right? Or you go with the former player tree, and that's what Todd Bowles seems to be doing. Both offensive coordinator candidates and special teams coordinator candidates speak volumes to that. 
both of our defensive coordinators speak volumes to that. And that's my number one spot where that leads Larry Izzo, J-Lo, a prestigious linebacker, more importantly, special teamer in the NFL from 1996 to 2009, J-Lo. He won three Super Bowls as a player, all being a member of the Patriots. He was with the Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets, so you know he's a great football mind. And then, really, he was Houston Texans special teams coordinator in 16 and 17, and then he's been the Seahawks special teams coordinator since 2021. They had a top six special teams in the league last season. I love this guy. I think he's my top choice. He's 49 years old. J.C. Allen endorsed him as his top choice. He's a great member of the community. He does really good charity work. Um, he's just an incredible guy. And, again, I wouldn't mind Woods. I wouldn't mind Tandy. I wouldn't mind uh, Galliano, McGuigan, Aukerman. <laughs> but if we somehow landed Larry Izzo, J-Lo, this might be turning into – I hate to sound like it, but this is really a, a dream staff potentially if that's the case. And that's why I was waiting for you to come in. You know, I love that guy. I feel like he would be the bet, top choice, and hopefully he'll want the job. But we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, he would be my top choice. I love what he did in Seattle. I liked him as a player, special teamer, and he knows how to win championships. He's been on champ. He's been on championship football team three times, for the most part. And Tom Brady can probably throw in some kind words, you know, playing with him on the Patriots. So at the end of the day, I feel like he was, he's my number one, and then Woods is number two. And yeah. you gotta get and you gotta get props to once again the front office. And top Would board. you have the same order as me, one through six? Do you think is it the exact same? I know That's we were pretty exactly. much exact same on OC. Besides, um, I think you had Cohen above Pete's. I had Pete's above yeah. Cohen, but yeah. we ultimately came down to Pete's, Tad Lewis, and Cohen. Or Correct. bust. That's what we yes. ultimately came down to. Yes. Yes. But so far, I think we're on the same page with the special teams coordinator in the list. Like, I love I love the Larry Izzo interview, and hopefully he gets the opportunity to come here and hopefully revamp our special teams. Because, you know, I mean, it can't be any worse than Keith than, um, Oh, man. And I, I, I thank him for the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I thank him for what he did. Well, thank you for getting a free ring. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I agree, J-Lo. <laughs> with his tones on, on the trap. No, I agree. He, he's a good guy. I met him once. You know, he is a nice guy. I met him at the Arians Family Foundation golf outing. Nothing but love for Keith Armstrong. Once you're a Buck and you win a Super Bowl, you're a Buck family member to us. So uh, shout out to Keith Armstrong, and we wish him well. Only 60 years young in retirement. To me, there's a little bit more fluff than just straight out retiring there. But J-Lo, a lot of people say, oh, we had good kicking last year. Well, Hate to break it to you, that's not really the cream of the crop for special teams coordinators. They're about the return coverage. They're about the long snaps. They're about the holders. They're about field goal block. They're about pump block. They're about trick plays. We saw none of that with Keith Armstrong. We were very bad at covering punts and kicks. We saw Boring. very, yep. We saw very to little no trick plays. We barely blocked anything, J Lo. It was just far and few in between splash plays and. Special teams is the phase of the game that could sneak up on you and win you some games. Real quick, J-Lo, going to ask you, in your eyes, what's more important? Bucks finding their special teams coordinator or reaffirming their quarterback's coach? Oof, tough one. 
excuse me, sorry, but um, I think at the end of the day, Thad Lewis will return as a QB's coach. Which I'll leads right me now. more likely to be retained as well. Thad Lewis as a QB coach or mm-hmm. Keith Tandy if he doesn't get the job as a co-special teams coach. I mean, Keith Tandy, if he don't get the job, I can see him still staying, you know, and learning from the new special teams coordinator on, you know, how to coach special teams. Can we need gunners, man? We need somebody that's going to go down there and shut it down and not let them get as many yards. And mind you, Armstrong, he fell Jalen Darden big time. Hey, go over here to the sideline. Just run to the sideline. Don't try to juke anybody. Just run to the sideline. like, bruh. No, we need, we need somebody that's going to be a little more creative, and I feel like it's going to be it. It's Felix Lowe, another F-Lowe we'll call him. We got J-Lowe, we got F-Lowe. He sends the pirate flags. Uh, shouts out to him. Shout out to my younger brother, who is an awesome person. Great person. Always great to have family support. I'm hoping he brings in his offensive line coach from Kentucky. We've talked about that, and we would love it. Either one of them from Kentucky, we said we'll take. Either the one that just went back to Kentucky and Wilcox or Zach Yenzer. Give us either one. Yeah, They both worked with the 49ers, ironically enough. Um, and they both were Kentucky offensive line coaches. Wilcox most recently with Alabama, but was with Kentucky before that. So, J-Lo, I think both of us give the stamp of approval to those guys. But real quick, J-Lo, before we get into chit-chat about a couple other things, big announcement upcoming perhaps, potentially, and then our final words. Any last thoughts on special teams coordinator search and where we stand today with that? Just get the right guy. Bowles made the right decision, which I feel like he will get the right guy in there. And I think our kicking and punting will be fine. We just need to get some gunners, and we need to get a role like punt returner and kick returner. I think Tongas did a decent job for the most part returning the punts, but, you know, special teams counts, people. Special teams will help you win football games, especially against tough teams we got to play this coming season. You got to have good special teams. And by that, you got to bring in the right guy. And I feel like between Izzo or Woods would be the perfect candidates. Especially if you don't have a Taylor Swift on your sideline, you need some good special teams, right? She seems like. (laughs) (laughs) I heard a radio caller today calling to Tampa Sports Radio and demanded that a Bucks player started dating Lady Gaga. And may, I was like, what the hell? These people are losing their mind now. It's like, you know, Taylor Swift, cool story, whatever. Whether you're a fan of it or not. We I had compare- Tom Brady and Giselle. How That's what I'm saying. You know, it, we, already had that, we already had our turn, and it messed our season up when they divorced and split. Yeah, it got him divorced. So, you know, maybe uh, Taylor and Travis. Maybe she'll have a new song next year saying, Chiefs broke my heart. I couldn't last longer. But you know, we'll see how that goes. No, uh, no, no I, I got one better for you, um, Tones. Imagine Taylor Swift freaking pulling uh, Travis Kelsey into retirement. Let's spend some time together, baby. Come on the road with me. Retire and really piss off those Chiefs fans. They'll get pissed. I'd be like, really? And that you know, we we could have saw opposite with Gronk. Gronk's girl was kind of pushing him back in. Hey, you should keep playing. You should keep playing. Gronk ultimately folded like a cheap suit. But we could talk about that and Taylor Swift and you know whether it's it's obviously good for viewership, but a little annoying on the television screens. I think we could all agree there. But nonetheless, I don't think the Bucks need a Lady Gaga. 
you know, hey, I'll, we'll tell Vita Vea to make a call. No, he's a happily married man. So, you know, a lot of these bucks have nice ladies regardless. But J-Lo, we're going to dip into our big announcement here as you guys are with J-Lo and Tampa Tones riding into the Bucketeers as we go over our special teams coordinator search. We've talked about Liam Cohen. We had the great J.C. Allen from Bucks Game Day Sports Illustrated join the show, and he sat down one-on-one with Liam Cohen today and gave us some good intel in there until his, um, you know, radio hit uh, dead radio silence. You know, J.C. had to go. Great guy. Always a great time with J.C. Nonetheless, big announcement, huge announcement. We are expanding from six Bucketeers to seven Bucketeers. Lucky seven. Lucky number seven. And the seventh one's an incredible guy. He has an incredible Bucks podcast, a very notorious Bucks podcast. Been doing it for over a decade now. Very popular in the YouTube community. One of the first Bucks podcasts to start taking live callers. Um, he's been on the show before. I've been on his show before. We'll announce it next episode who the big fish is going to be on the Bucketeers. I got to leave you guys hanging. It's official, though. We do have a new co-host. You guys are very familiar with him. He's had a very successful Bucks podcast. That's all the hints I'll give you. And we're very excited to bring him aboard as a full-time Bucketeer. I know J-Lo's amped as well. But J-Lo, we got to let the man introduce himself on next week's show, or not next week's, maybe a later show this week, whenever our next show might be, the man, the myth, the legend himself will be here. We reeled in a big fish. It feels great to have him a part of the team, and I love expanding. Agreed. Happy and excited to have him on, and hopefully we'll make our fans wait too much longer. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully maybe next episode said next week but no it's a great addition to our wonderful bucketeer family lucky seven coming in real knowledgeable guy from my time watching his pod and all that stuff and can't can't wait to introduce him when it, when that time comes and let's just say our pod keeps going up and up we do appreciate it we've had great views really incredible views the past month or so Six out of our last seven episodes on YouTube alone have hit triple digits. Our Leon Cohen pod on YouTube alone almost hit the 500 viewer mark. It's really an honor, and it's because of you guys. It's because of the Lucky Lucys, the Christopher Coles, the Felix, the Neil L's of the world, the J.C. Allens of the world, everybody else tuning in tonight, Bucks by 30, Olivia, and everyone from our first show to now for growing with us and continuing the march with us to be able to do such a thing. I just got a Twitter tweet from Jordan uh, tag on Twitter's underscore modern J. They replied to one of my tweets and said a little off topic, but I hope fans haven't forgotten the many clutch plays Keith Tandy made back in the day. That's great and all JLo, but I don't think a couple clutch, clutch plays from back in the day is going to, you know, nail down a, a coordinator gig for somebody in modern day football as nice as that would be but hey that's like me going you know applying somewhere being like hey i made a lot of good moves for this company in 2008 you know might as well just rekindle but quick thoughts on that before a final word jayla yeah i mean 
I'm more of a former players played in the league, you know, and, and understand the business and how it goes. That's why I'm kind of hoping for a guy like Izzo. I feel like he would be a great fit. And then you got got, and then you got guys like Cohen, who's experienced, has some experience playing quarterback at UMass and all that. So either way, I mean, whether it's Izzo or if it's Woods, I'll be happy with either one. Yeah, and uh, real quick here, J-Lo, before we do bounce out of here, any final word for the program? It's been a real fun one regarding Liam Cohen, regarding the special teams coordinator search, regarding our big fish, Bucketeer, our newest member. We're going from a six-pack to a wolf pack, as you said, J-Lo. Any final word on any of that stuff? Next show is going to be really exciting. I'm thinking it's going to come Thursday or Friday. Not sure which of the two yet. If we do name a special teams coordinator, though, we'll do a break and pod that day or morning after. So be on the lookout for that. But latest will come with you guys is Friday Super Bowl show. Hopefully we find a special teams coordinator by then. Dive deep into that and so much more and introduce our newest co-host of the Bucketeers. Again, it's a big one. It's a huge one. They got 3.5 thousand followers on Twitter. They've had a Bucks podcast for over a decade taking live calls and all j-lo any final word for the program i'm excited for this has been the most fun i've had in an off season in quite some time and i've loved the, the bucketeers in its entirety but this past month it keeps getting better and better and uh it's really fun to get on and talk with you brother and i'm excited to see what the podcast holds in the near future on behalf of the bucketeers to our loyal fan that watched the pod thank you Thank you for your support. You know, we're just, we're a bunch of guys that love our butts and we love talking football and we love you fans, you know. Like, subscribe, you know, spread the word. You know, if you're in a different city, spread the word, man. Spread the word to the butts fans. Come and make your comments. You know, maybe maybe we'll come to agreement on things, but we just talk it out and we have fun. That's what it's all about. And another thing to add on there is, you know, the new coach coming on. Can't wait to have you on, and y'all going to be really surprised who it is, and he's a great addition. We're just growing. We're getting bigger every day. At the end of the day, just keep supporting. For the people that watch and comment, thank you. As we do have a little bit of late-breaking news here, it's on the Chargers' behalf. They have hired Michigan's defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, to be their defensive coordinator, J-Lo, and Harbaugh is bringing a D-line coach with them as well. So um, interesting stuff there. Uh, Harbaugh is bringing Michigan 2.0 over to Los Angeles. And I'm happy for Justin Herbert. He's going to have a really good coach working with him and getting him his full potential. I think he's a great quarterback. No disrespect to Kellen Moore, but Jim Harbaugh is the real deal, and he's going to you know bring the best out of Justin Herbert. So good for them, and thank God they're on the AFC, and we're going to go to LA and play them later on that season, which will be fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch, J-Lo, and my final word will be keep up with the Bucketeers. As our boy Neil says, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, turn the notification bell on. We got so much great giveaways. We have a lot more memorabilia to give out. We're going to create some more Bucketeers shirts. Maybe, you know, some schedule release t-shirts this year I'm feeling. That might become a thing, so that'll be cool. We made draft ones a couple years back. We made holiday ones this year. I'm thinking 
uh, next season or the 2024 season. We base them around schedule release and have some fun with that. And we do have a couple of live shows that we have yearly that we um, always just want to put in the forefront. Day three of the NFL draft, we will be live with you guys doing our day three draft-a-thon. We always come at you guys for a couple of hours there. Then the night of schedule release, we'll be acting wild there as well. And then, um, obviously, we're going to be with you guys here, there, and everywhere in between as well. Keep up with us on Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, all that good stuff. JLo, final thought, final word for the program, brother. I mean, maybe on day three of the draft, your boy goes up to your neck of the woods and come toss some draft football. Yeah, all maybe right. we'll do a live audience show that day. Now we're talking. I'm telling you, we're, we're just putting it all together in the offseason, folks. Be ready. We're, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun offseason. Like I said, just keep tuning in, everybody. And one last time, thank you to J.C. Allen and the millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Yeah. J.C. wants to talk to you. And finally, thanks again, Liam Cohen. Gene Decker off here. Liam Cohen with an incredible interview today. You are incredible. Thank you, Liam Cohen. Three, two, one. Be ready for the big fish. Hey, it's my man Richard Garcia is joining as well. Shout out to Richie, a brother of mine. But big fish announcement coming seventh member of the bucketeers it's a heavy hitter it's a bazooka it's a rocket launcher and he's officially a bucketeer and you'll find who that out is in our next pod j-lo have a great night brother god bless love you buddy love you too man go bucks man stay safe Tones. you too brother and again join the bucketeers next episode and find out who the seventh bucketeer is lucky Motherfucking seven. Lifelong Bucks fan, big podcaster, been to Munich, been to all of it. It's incredible. J-Lo, great, great show. See you. Well, I'll talk to you tonight. (laughs) Let's do it. Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>